Death's Door. Easy on the wallet, but is it worth your time? We slammed the door shut on a corporate overlord in order to find out. Here on Broke and Gaming. Welcome, absolutely everyone, to Broke and Gaming. I'm your host, Shay. I'm your other host, Dan. And once again today, we are joined by our friend, Timmy, a.k.a. Ferk03. How's it going, Timmy? Not bad. Thanks for having me back, guys. Oh, it's always a pleasure. So, right off the bat, we both want to thank you for your generous donation of Shay's 200-point gift. Yes. Thank you so much, Timmy. Really appreciate it. Ah. Dan saw it when he was down for our stream this past weekend, but I have the most broke gamer setup for my PlayStation and now my Xbox One. So I got a fucking wooden dish drying rack. It's sitting on my dresser now, and the Xbox is underneath it, and on top, the PlayStation <laughs> is is resting. So yeah. just for anybody who doubts that we live this lifestyle... Uh, that's what I'm using as a stand to keep my consoles together. Yeah, we'll we'll post that in the uh, in the Twitter and Instagram if we can remember to do so. But yes, it is fantastic. I've definitely done similar things. So yes, this is the life we lead as broke gamers. Yeah. And to really hammer home how cheap it is, the uh, the wood on the dish drying rack came pre warped. Yep. So yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect it's beautiful it's absolutely beautiful all right so timmy what have you been playing recently uh oddly a lot of blood bowl oh really oh how do you feel about that game i love my fantasy warhammer branded XCOM uh football <laughs> <laughs> we've mentioned this game like so many times on the podcast i feel like and i've never touched it tell me why yeah. i should play it timmy <laughs> because it's a fantasy Warhammer branded XCOM football. Oh, right. That, yeah, I guess that is really all that needs to be said. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he got he got the highlights out of the way real quick. I gotta say, the gameplay of that, that game drives me up the fucking wall. It's like too turn-based for me. You know what I mean? In a sports game. It just drives me insane. I do see w- where you would be coming from with that. I'm drawn to it because it is identical identical to the tabletop game in its play oh all that right makes so that makes sense, sense. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay <laughs> fair right. enough yeah i did not realize that this was a tabletop game oh yeah but that tracks yeah it plays like a board game now that you you bring that up it is a board it's, game uh, <laughs> right <laughs> yeah <laughs> but oddly the uh the video game version takes less time to play a game so it does Holy shit. Oh god, yeah. A single game could take like 4 or 5 hours. Oh Jesus no, no, Christ. no, no, no. That's wait, that's the video game version or the tabletop version? No, the, tabletop no, the tabletop version. version. How long the does it to yeah. Uh probably like an hour? Yeah. That's not an so hour. Bad. Like if you kind of buzz through everything, you can get through it in like 30 between 30 and 45, but if you're like taking your time and like actually playing Instead of me, who just tries to bomb it down the field every second that I can. Honestly, I'd yeah. say 30 minutes for a game if you turn the animations off. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, fair yeah, enough. That does, that does suck up a lot of time. All right, what about you, Shay? What have you been playing recently? I, so I haven't gotten into it much, but I just started playing Pathfinder Kingmaker, I believe is what it's called. Holy fuck, do I like that game. Yeah? 
Yeah, man. Speaking of tabletop games uh, adapted into video games, that game rules. Uh, it feels very good, and it plays like a Pathfinder game, and it's great. It was on, It's on PlayStation Extra right now, so you can pick it up for free if you have that tier. But yeah, it's super good. The only, <laughs> the only thing that I say is that the voice acting is a little bit goofy in that game. It's a little bit too high fantasy for me, but I, I love it so far. All right, I'll have to check that out. Yeah. I think there might be co-op, so Ooh. We might be able to play that one together, but I don't I don't don't quote me on that. Okay. I don't remember now. Other than that, it's been Fallout Shelter and Skyrim. Hell yeah. Yeah. I I have accidentally started like four Daedric quests right now, just kind of stumbled <laughs> upon them. Yeah, that so, does tend to happen. About to get some real cool shit soon. They always have the best shit. Oh my god, yeah. The mace that you get from the one dude with the dog. I think my first playthrough, like once I got that, I don't think I ever had a different weapon the rest of the game. Hmm. Fucking love that thing. You gotta be careful with some of their gifts though. Don't put the wobba <laughs> do not put the wobba jack on a companion. <laughs> oh no, no that's fuck you every single time. That sounds amazing, actually. <laughs> For those of you who don't know, the wobba jack is uh a weapon in Skyrim that just like has random occurrence results. So like it can turn people into chickens or it could like explode things. It's just whatever. And having that on a companion where <laughs> oh, absolute chaos. That sounds incredible. <laughs> Let's see. As for me, I've been playing a ton of um Days Gone. I re-downloaded it recently because they announced that it wasn't gonna be a sequel a couple months back and it's just been on my to-do list. And I don't have, like, a ton of time to throw around, but I just remember liking the game a lot and wanting to revisit that world. It's one of, if not my favorite, interpretations of, like, a zombie apocalypse game. The fact that you can fight hordes and, like, it's, you know, a hundred some odd zombies all moving as a pack and you have to strategically take them out in a third-person open-world shooter type game is just, it's so much fun every time. Also, Sam Witwer fucking kills it as the protagonist it's his second try at being a video game protagonist like fully face mapped and voice acted because he was also star killer in i'm never going to remember the name off the top of my head but that star wars game force, force unleashed, unleashed. come on thank you come never on. played it it's easy, fine easy it's yeah what I, are you talking about i don't you never th- oh boy i mean it's Ooh. it's like one of the most <laughs> egregious abuses of an intellectual property ever Ooh, hot take. <laughs> so I look, well, I no, don't like Star Wars second. that much. No, 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 hold on. We gotta go back there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Timmy, tell me more. Starkiller is literally too overpowered. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's it? That's all you got? <laughs> no, that, but that's it, it's the game's one... great. <laughs> the story's not. It's a Star Wars book. You play a Star Wars book. You just fuck shit up. It's okay. So we just covered Dangerous Golf, right? Yes. It's how I would. It's how like Dangerous Golf should have played, right? You just fuck shit up as Star Killer and are progressing through a story. Like that's it. You know what I mean? It's great. It's fantastic. I don't know. The, the gameplay was, was like, fine. What if it controls like ga- garbage? And uh, this is this is like that Chaos Overlord feel that i was hoping for from dangerous golf is in force unleashed okay so i should play it is what we're saying well i mean probably not now it's i I wouldn't recommend it 15 years old okay 
cool. So yeah. I made the right decision. I'm good. It it is in the era where the Xbox, what the fuck was their motion Connect, right? Yeah. They tried to do a, like a Connect version of that, and almost. So I played this game on the Wii. Yeah, yeah, dude. That's where I played it first. Also. Oh. Well, I don't give a fuck about Star Wars, generally speaking. So that's why I didn't play it at the time. Other than that, I really have no excuse. The game looked like a ton of fun, but I just didn't do it. I don't know. I also, like, didn't have a Wii when that came out, which, from what both of you guys are saying, probably would have been the optimal way to play, but K sera, sera. Sorry, Sam Witwer. You still killed it in Days Gone. Also enforced something you spin. <laughs> Did a great job there, too. Look, I'm, I'm all sorts of punchy today. <laughs> it's going to be a good one. This is going to be a great episode. And we will start. As we always start with our short change history. This episode's game is Death's Door, which is a 2021 action-adventure game developed by Manchester, UK-based Acid Nerve and published by indie powerhouse Devolver Digital. Acid Nerve is, at its core, a two-person team consisting of Mark Foster and David Finn, with various freelance artists and writers contributing when needed. This is the second full game from Acid Nerve, the first being Titan Souls, a top-down 2D Souls-like game released in 2015. Titan Soul was, was the subject of review bombing after contributing artist and writer Andrew Gleason mocked reviewer Total Biscuit for saying it was not for him. Uh, Death Store is actually a sequel to Titan Souls, but you kind of have to do some digging in the game in order to find that out. But Death Store is currently available for PlayStation, Xbox, Switch, and Windows systems. So, I have, I have two things before we continue with the podcast. Mm-hmm. When you started saying David Finn earlier, I was really hoping you were going to end that with David Fincher, and it was like this secret video game studio that he had going. Right. And was a little disappointed that it ended with Finn. And secondly, why would you tell, like, make fun of somebody for saying a game is not for them? Yeah, so we're going to get into that later on in the episode, but there is a reason I bring that up. Today's quiz is all about review bombing. Oh, no. <laughs> Timmy. Anyway. <laughs> you're, you're, you're probably right. <laughs> so, Timmy, as our guest, would you like to tell us a little bit about what this game actually is? Yeah, sure. Uh, this is a isometric adventure game where you play as one of Death's Reapers as a little crow. And very quickly, you get set on an adventure through circumstances out of your control where you have to track down some big bads to open up death's door and go through it yes i think that's pretty concise so shay let me know a little bit before the podcast where they're at which i couldn't remember the exact boss fight but i know you are currently stuck in the second like main world not really world but like biome whatever timmy on the other hand was doing something fucking outrageous Tell me this motherfucker beat this game with... <laughs> yeah, so Timmy... Get the fuck out of here. ...decided very early on that they wanted to do, like, the hardest version of this game, which was to beat the entire game with the shitty umbrella weapon, which gives you half damage. So how, how are you making out, Timmy? So my hubris got the best of me. That's fucking right. Oh, all right. Uh, <laughs> Call up Lex. He'll tell you all about hubris. <laughs> I had to go to my other save file, the the normal one, to finish the game to see see the endings and whatnot for the podcast. But I, I'm actually proud of how far I've made it with that 
with that umbrella. That damn umbrella. Where's that at? I'm closing in on my uh, third giant soul. Jesus Christ, man. (laughs) (laughs) Why am I on a video game podcast? (laughs) I mean, look, you're really good at the things you're really good at, but like... It's just a, a niche thing. Like, so, okay, we're, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. Gameplay-wise, this does play similarly to a Souls game, which I've gone on record in the past by saying I don't like th- making that comparison, but it's the whole dodge-parry attack thing that I'm not particularly great at. I mean, that comparison feels intentional in this game. Oh, for sure it does. Oh, and yeah. I guess I guess that is kind of what the gameplay was like in Titan Souls, the sort of kind of prequel to this like those old school like snes like screen to screen to screen top down type things man i gotta say titan soul sounds absolutely brutal it seems hard as shit i'm scared to even look up like gameplay footage of that game (laughs) sounds just awful i didn't realize it was the same studio because it doesn't look anything like this sure in the art style like it is much more of a pixel graphic type experience but I think I used to get the trailers for this and Jotun confused because it is like big fucking monsters on a top-down, almost isometric kind of presentation. So I think I used to get them crossed in my brain every so often. But that being said, the gameplay in this is hard, I feel, as a person that's not patient. I am not a patient man (laughs) in video games, and this is one of those kind of games. And Souls games in general, like this type of brutality is not made for me. I did get through this. Um, I struggled a little bit, especially with like some crowd control stuff, because it's not totally like what they don't do in Souls games a lot of the time is is make you do crowd control unless it's all a similar enemy type and you're just like attacking a wave of rats or whatnot. This is like you've got people shooting projectiles at you and people jumping at you and also just like regular dudes running towards you. And that kind of juggling isn't really normal for this type of game. What part specifically are you stuck at, Shay? So I uh, I just got to the Flooded Kingdom? Yes. Is that Flooded Fortress, yeah. I'm going to say? Basically, I'm like coming up on the second like giant soul. going to take down this stupid-ass frog king. Yeah, he's my favorite of the Titans, Giants, whatever. Great Souls. Yeah, the Great Souls. He's my favorite of the Great Souls <laughs> battles. Not my favorite battle in the game, but out of those three, uh, he's probably the most fun, I'd I have, think. I'd have to agree with you. Yeah. Story-wise, because I, I feel like we're, we're jumping around a lot here. <laughs> Story-wise, you are this crow that works for essentially like bureaucratic death office overseen by the lord of doors and you basically like are punching a clock and then going and reaping souls which are kind of sort of used as a currency and so you're tasked with with collecting this one great soul and then a much older crow bonks you on the head and takes it to use for their own purposes the problem is when when you're given these tasks like you can't be unassigned from them so a huge portion of this game is trying to get that great soul that was stolen from you, only to find out there's this much, much bigger conspiracy going on regarding the Lord of Doors and what your role as a, a Reaper, more or less, is. Shay, did you look into anything about what this game is actually about in terms of like what the reveals are or anything like that? No, I haven't looked it up at all. 
it had been a while since I'd played it. So when I was in the Ceramic Manor, yeah. I, I kind of stopped halfway through that, and I had to look up like a walkthrough of where <laughs> where the next soul was. But like otherwise, I um I haven't looked up anything for this game. I I'm gonna spoil it a little bit. I'm really enjoying this game, and this may be one of the few games that we play for the podcast that I like definitely come back to. Okay, awesome. But but yeah, I haven't I haven't looked up anything about how this game ends. All right. Um, that being said, if you want to spoil anything, like go for it. So the one plot point that I wanted to talk about isn't like huge necessarily, but it it, it puts everything in a new perspective as far as what it is that you're doing. So sure. that's up to you. I could discuss it or not discuss it. Go for it, man. Okay. So bring the, down capitalism. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Uh, so. <laughs> The whole thing is that the Lord of Doors is a position that's passed down. You have your reign, and then you choose a successor, and you die. The current Lord of Doors decided he didn't want to do that. So, basically tricks death, like the literal death, into being locked behind the door that you're trying to open with the old crow. Yeah. So, the whole thing is that, like, people kind of go crazy after they've passed their expiration date, as it were. So, all of the... The great souls that you end up collecting over the uh, course of the game are people that went past their predetermined death date, and they kind of went crazy as a result. Same goes for the the current Lord of Doors. Like, each of these characters kind of extended their life in different ways, but for him, he literally was just like, death is no longer a factor, I'm just going to lock away the literal death. Which is kind of Uh a fun spin on the whole thing, because like... In preparation for this episode and and trying to come up with a a quiz, like, the amount of times that death is just a character in games is astounding to the point where I got overwhelmed and bailed on the concept. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) Might revisit that at some point if I can stand to, but... I mean, it sounds like we have four or five quizzes there. (laughs) Honestly, it's possible. I mean, Grim Fandango alone. (laughs) But that being what your, your goal ends up being... Like, you have to release death from their prison and kind of overthrow this whole death bureaucracy. It's so odd and, and such a cool spin on on that idea. Timmy, you said you did beat this? Yeah, I didn't have time to go for the true ending, but... Okay, so the true ending really only... It, its main thing is just kind of pointing toward the fact that it's a sequel. Like, it, it gives you slightly more information as far as how these two games are tied, but not in a way that, like, matters if you haven't really played Titan Souls, which I want to imagine most people haven't. <laughs> Especially haven't. considering I didn't even know it was a sequel in the first place. Like, I I found that during the research for sh- the short change. I might go back and play it. I don't know. Looks really hard. I'm going to suck at it. But <laughs> due diligence and all that. Did you have any favorite sequences, either of you? I think my uh, favorite guys are the... Uh... Bosses you fight to upgrade your magic abilities. Because they're all, like, on a theme. They were all fun. Yeah. Which, there there are four throughout the game that, like, literally just, like, double your effectiveness, I guess, with, with the different magic abilities. Shay, you, I think, just have the fireball at this point, right? I have the bomb now, too. Oh, you do have the bomb. Okay, great. Yeah, that is, I think, the bomb's most useful out of all of them. Like, not just as a, mm-hmm. an attack thing, but also, like, traversal. And the bombs upgrade is also the best of the upgrades. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, those are really fun. I I was dog shit at them <laughs> for a long time. Like most of the bosses are are just pattern based, 
which again i'm not super patient so like it took me uh, a couple tries with with those specific like armored dudes to realize what the hell i was supposed to be doing but once i got the swing of it yeah they're they're a ton of fun what about you i do really like the boss fights but i think it's because they are pattern based and i like they're not hard patterns which is something that drives me insane in video games where like it is a pattern but like it's you know one two three for the first like round and then it's like one two five three or whatever and then it just it just keeps changing and like i get that you're supposed to be adapting to the fight but like at the same time it's like it's this is not going to be that long you know what i mean yeah and especially in a game like this where the boss health is not clearly displayed now the way they they uh well i mean it's not it's not like massive either you know what i mean but the only real way to show their health is kind of like their visage cracking oh yeah like that red cracking light coming through their their bodies which is like stylistically a really cool choice but not the Mm -hmm. most clear way yeah yeah i i don't know man i really like the boss fights but i think it's just because i'm good at them yeah what about you dan what's your uh what's your favorite sequence i know you said that uh liked the frog kings fight but it wasn't your favorite so yeah the the i think the best fight in the game is with the old crow personally stylistically i think more than anything because it's the whole thing is done in like a white void it just looks really cool you it makes you feel a little bit more epic in that particular fight than with most of the bosses it's it's like this arena battle in mm-hmm. in a pretty enclosed space and this was like just a huge open area and it just felt incredible but that's a, a little bit of a spoiler that you even have to fight him sorry about that Jay. <laughs> didn't think about that for a second i mean that's all good yeah uh yeah, yeah. I mean, he you did know, There's bonk not you. too many things. There's not too many things in video games that surprise me anymore. So I don't know the, how much of a spoiler that would be. That's fair. Also, having listened back to the podcast a lot recently, we've just totally bailed on the idea <laughs> of uh, time stamping spoilers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh. <laughs> which is fine. I mean, most of the stuff we cover doesn't have like huge, huge, huge turns or anything like that. And we're, we're generally pretty careful when they do. As much as there are cool reveals, like, it's not the most relevatory thing in the world, so I'm not super concerned with it. We have to do that more for Kelsey's episodes just because of the fact that, like, they're narrative-driven stuff a lot of the time. Yeah. What do you think? Should we get into our pros and cons? Let's do it, man. Okay. Timmy, you want to kick us off? Yeah, I got, I got a pro here. Well, obviously the combat, but, uh, like, the world that this is set in is super campy and original and i love it yeah the idea that this whole thing is like you start off in essentially an office building that is dedicated to the business of death i think is really fun and then to go to like a medieval-y sort of world to go and reap those souls it's it's a really fun juxtaposition against each other yeah and they just filled it with a whole bunch of quirky characters that are just super fun to interact with there was a bunch of shit that like i didn't understand its purpose in in the greater scheme like those little flower dudes that follow you around like around the pots like i don't know what their purpose is other than to be cute and there's an achievement desk worker there is an achievement yes but yeah but like in the grand scheme of things what their purpose was supposed to be like they don't really explain them at any point no i just know they're called forest spirits that's it yeah which, like, the world that you go to, I, I'm i still kind of unclear as to what that is. Like, if it's a, an in-between, if it's a living world, if it's a stopgap. Like, I don't I don't really understand that part of it. But either way, it, visually, it's all really cool. 
like the art style in general in this is amazing yeah i mean the the game just looks so fucking good everywhere and in addition to that like the fucking soundtrack on this game really really man so tight man so good i love in like the furnace it's like rhythm based like the platforms move on on beat yeah in the level i thought that was so cool but like the soundtrack is a huge fucking pro for me i mean this is so stylistically done both with with the visuals and the sound that that probably is the biggest pro overall the combat is fine i don't think the combat is anything super special personally i've played a lot of games that have this similar sort of thing of just like again dodge block attack what have you with with a magic component that being said they i think it does it really tightly like it's a well implemented version of just a thing that i've i've seen a bunch yeah yeah no they definitely didn't sacrifice anything like it's it's a stylish ass game uh but it didn't sacrifice anything in gameplay right does anybody have any cons for this can my con come from the umbrella run no i mean that's a personal (laughs) choice timmy but tell us about it yeah yeah go ahead (laughs) all right uh so i i had mentioned to you the other night when i was talking to you that it felt like the souls formula flipped upside down in this game where the bosses were easier than the trash mobs a lot of the times yeah having moved back to the regular save file and being used to that umbrella and just using the reaper's greatsword yeah i completely reverses it back to normal okay (laughs) yeah i mean so again timmy elected to try to do this with a weapon that does half damage the entire time there's an achievement related to that where if you can beat the game only using that weapon like you get a, a an additional achievement or trophy and like i don't care for that kind of stuff in games like i'm far from a completionist and i don't like unnecessary tasks just to get a hundred percent or a platinum or whatever on a game i get why people do it and i get whatever but like i'm just so relieved i've never been a gamer that worries about that kind of thing do you know what yeah, I mean? that would fall down that hole oh yeah. my god we uh i mean we've reviewed a bunch of games that have like time trials and things like that that are directly attached to achievements and i just for people like gerard the completionist or or the achievement hunters of the world like on on youtube you're putting yourselves in an early grave all the more power (laughs) to you but good god yeah good for you couldn't be me yeah exactly (laughs) just to make a 30 minute video on youtube once or twice a month just to i mean (laughs) go for it so I, uh, other than that, do we have any any cons? Because I can't really think of any. I really don't have any. Okay. This is less of a Shay's corner corner and more of a Shay's directional corner. There are some times where this, the way you're pushing the stick doesn't seem to be the exact way that you're moving. Like, there seems to be a little bit of drift. Oh. If that makes fucking sense. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't know how to describe. Like, it's, I don't know. It's not like quite a drift but like straight is not always straight in this game yeah i've experienced that with dodge rolling for sure yes dude oh my god i i texted you earlier about this fight that i tried probably 30 times because i kept accidentally dodging into acid yeah and like holy shit dude i like i just don't know what i was doing wrong you know and then sometimes when you're like walking up a staircase or over a bridge like sometimes you'll just you'll think you'll be going 
directionally straight and then all of a sudden you fall off the side um and that is a little bit frustrating yeah uh, there seems to be a, a little bit of a disconnect between movement and aiming in in terms of preciseness yeah. now that you mentioned yeah. that yeah that is a little bit of a thing yeah yeah not not horrible necessarily but like yeah noticeable enough that right it, it's it's something that you have to adapt to but it's not like game breaking yeah i would say yeah but then you also have to readapt to your dodge roll every time you upgrade it so oh that's fucking true too yeah oh, that is yeah you're right that is true it's all these like little micro adjustments with pretty much everything as you upgrade them like even with the magic like they're they're slight differences then when you upgrade the powers or or anything like that where it just doesn't work quite the same there there is a fluidity issue but like this is also their first foray into this type of game so i think some of the things can be forgiven there's a better than decent chance this will end up having an additional installment just based on the true ending quote unquote so we'll see how they improve that in the future but also again this is a very very small team even for our standards like the yeah. fact that the the main thrust of these of this team is two people doing the bulk yep. of the programming designing things like that like this is yep. david fincher david fincher his right? friend yeah <laughs> and uh darren aronofsky <laughs> yeah with mark foster and david finn being like the only two main people of this studio like this is a hell of an accomplishment yeah and and i will say that as far as the fluidity concerns go it's not also outside the the character for that to be happening like this is a rookie reaper true essentially so like these these upgrades would maybe be throwing that character off as well so like i noticed it but i'm not mad about it yeah it it didn't feel like trash it just kind of felt like this this doesn't work quite as nicely as i want it to it's not the most fluid thing in the world it does add to the frustration a little bit yes. because you know there are some times where you get fucked by an enemy and that's fine and then there are some times you get fucked because you didn't get that sequence right and then there are some times where you accidentally dodge roll an acid and have to retry a fight 33 times yeah i definitely dodge rolled off of like the edge of things a lot more now that i'm a really lot. considering it yeah <laughs> my most common was straight into the enemy's chest oh a hundred times yeah oh, uh yeah. but um, I think that'll bring us to our rating system at this point. You're right, Dan, it will. Does it work? Despite everything we've been saying just now with the pros and cons, I don't think there's enough there to warrant deducting anything, so I think this is going to be a full point for me. Oh, same here, definitely. I was leaning into a half point here, but I, I think it's like a three-quarter point, and my rule on that has been to round up in the past, so I'm also going to give it a full point. Okay. Full point all around. Good start. Is it engaging? yes there's so much to like about this in terms of like what it is you're actually doing there are some really charming characters i know timmy was a big fan of uh jefferson the the squid (laughs) i haven't met jefferson yet oh you're gonna love jefferson (laughs) jefferson is a squid puppeting a human trying to pretend to be human oh that's fun it's weird and dark and he gives hints as far as like different things that you're missing whether it be some of the collectibles or some of the pots and uh it's fucking delightful (laughs) but yeah because of all those things like i liked all of the conversations the only the only dumb thing is like pothead that's like it's a dumb pun (laughs) it's a dumb character like just a pothead grandson like literally folks he's got a pot for a head yeah but 
as he reminds us almost constantly. Yeah, it's it's his only thing. Other than that, I found everything else about this game delightful in the presentation. One of the coolest like ideas that they had was a bunch of crows that sequestered themselves away because they didn't want to be part of this system anymore. And so they just set up a little society. Again, like there's just so much interesting about this whole idea that, yeah, it kept me engaged the whole time. So that's a full point. I'm also going to wind up with a full point here for all of Dan's points, except for Pothead. I liked Pothead. Yeah, okay. That's fine. <laughs> we can agree to disagree there. <laughs> I mean, you get one, and as long as you don't spend it on a it's dangerous to go alone joke, I'm usually yeah. pretty cool with it. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> yeah, I'm also going to give it a full point. Like I was saying earlier, this may be one of the podcast games that I go back to finish, which has not been the case for any? Well, same for a three, but that almost doesn't count i fucking love this game i just am so immersed in this in this world it's so tight next does it look good it is gorgeous i've already gushed a little bit about like just the overall style of this but like the use of light and dark especially and like we were talking about with the boss fights and and different fights where like you see cracks forming in their bodies, which is the de facto version of a health meter in this, is so visually cool that, yeah, this is an easy point for me. Jimmy? Yeah, the game looks great. This is going to be a full point for me as well. Yeah, uh, this is probably one of the easiest points in our podcast history. This, yeah. This game looks incredible. Full point for me as well. Is there replayability? I'm going to go with a no on this. Even though I did enjoy the experience i don't think there's a lot to be earned replaying this the true ending really only matters from what i gathered if you have played the previous installment and there's like a bunch of just dumb shit that you have to collect or you have to plant those uh, like all those pots and things like that like other than that like it doesn't it doesn't really feel worth it to play it just for that reason like so i would play this again for the fun of it but that hasn't really factored into my replayability previously like it, it's no different than me playing Days Gone right now. Like, there's no real reason to. I just feel like it. So I'm, I'm not going to give it a point here. There's no inherent need to. I'm going to go ahead and give it a half a point. Um, well, you just want to complete that umbrella run. I got you. <laughs> <laughs> so it, that does really seem to be the uh, main reason for replayability would be that one challenge because it is the biggest one the game gives you. But... The game is just so fun. I threw it on my Switch so I could play it when I'm on the go. So You bought I, this I feel for like, two systems? Yeah, I bought it for multiple systems. Timmy, Timmy, Timmy. We're broke gamers. It's like me with Spirit Fair. You Sometimes you just forget that you already That's true. bought a game. That limbo, a couple of other ones, yeah. Or, or oh, yeah. you bought it on the wrong system, <laughs> and but you want it on that one anyway, too. You know. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, okay. Sure, 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 sure. We've all bought I mean, I, games multiple point, times I think before. I have like four copies of Skyrim, so also true. Yes. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. All right. So half point from Timmy. I'm basically pulling my answer on this one from the two of you. So I'm I'm going with no point here. It sounds like this is, I don't know. It sounds like a book where like you know you can read it again if you want, but you're not getting anything new from it. Yeah. Really. So I'm gonna give it no point here. All right. Is there a story? Yeah, and it's actually a well-written story. The whole idea behind the Lord of Doors death and like how this society came to be, I think is a really fresh and original take on a thing that's been done so many fucking times. Like, 
again to death if you will yeah yeah oh. uh so fucking often like like i again during research for this the amount of times that death is either a character or you play directly as death is yeah done to fucking death you're yeah i hate it <laughs> i really do moving on it's fine yes full point i don't care it's fine it's fine timmy i mean it it's got a story <laughs> yep thank you yeah, like I've said, I haven't finished this game, but the way that this story is unfolding is such a satisfying experience. I don't know, it's just, they have plot points where you want them, and it just feels good to be exploring this world and, like, hitting these these story beats. Like, yeah, I love it. I love the story behind this game. Full point. Yeah. So that will bring us to our final question. The big five-pointer, is it worth the cost? So this retails at nineteen ninety nine. It pretty much across the board and for that price like i think that's more or less fair there is a ton of gameplay here it's just not terribly long there's only really six boss fights in the whole game and then just like filler enemies in between unless you count stuff like the avarice or or some of the mini bosses like the big castle looking thing like right toward the beginning i'm currently at a four for this but i'm gonna reserve that until you guys give theirs. I, that's where I'm sitting. I want to see if I get pushed in one direction or the other. All right, Timmy? Uh, I mean, I think I'm sitting around a four as well. I did buy it twice, in fairness. Yes. <laughs> yes, you uh, did. <laughs> so, uh, but, but I don't want to give it a five because it is only about a 10 to 12 hour game. Is that with or without the umbrella? <laughs> uh, w- without. Without okay. the umbrella. <laughs> yeah, that was my concern also was just the length of the game i'm having a grand old time playing this game but i don't know 10 to 12 hours not quite a five well a lot of that is filler 10 to 12 hours i think if if you just power through it and you just go a to b to c to d i don't think it's 10 hours i think you could probably do this without worrying about pots collectibles or anything like that like in just making a b line it's probably only eight sounds doable but then you'd be leaving all those things behind. Right, but like it's it's filler in a way. Like it do, like yes it it I, does I wouldn't say that it's filler. No, I mean it does it, there's a purpose for them in some cases. Like the pots and yeah, collectibles yeah. not so much, but like yes, the stuff that directly increases your stats do. I would say that the pots are not filler in the sense, you know, in relation to this game being a souls like. Like that's your well, that's your healing mechanic. They're essentially your right? campfires. Yes, right. but what I mean is, yeah. like, there's a door that doesn't open unless you've planted all the seeds in all the pots. If you skip over one or you didn't have a seed at the time and you didn't want to spend the seed or whatever, like, you have to backtrack through the entire game, every part of the map, in order to plant all of those seeds. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's true, but we already knocked that in the replayability. Sure. Yeah, 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 you're right. Yeah, I I think I'm going to stick with a four. It's not quite long enough to be a, a five-point game here. All right. Well, that means that my original intuition was correct, and I will stick with a four. (laughs) So that's going to leave our final scores today. Eight points from both Shay and I, and 8.5 points from Timmy, and that means it is a game that we do recommend. You know what it does, Dan? Hit it. That game slaps ass. It's so good. Honestly, this is a very enjoyable experience. Like, I do want to see what this team comes up with next whether it will be in the same world whether they they branch out the only other thing to their credit is like a 2d 
mobile game that kind of looks like a Splatoon type thing, which I'm not interested in, and it's only available for iOS, so I'll never get a chance to play it anyway. But as far as like big console release things, I think this is a studio to watch out for. Absolutely. I don't know. And now, obviously, I didn't finish the game, but like, I don't know that this needs a sequel. I would like to see them do something different and then maybe revisit this later. I don't know. I I have this thing. I don't I just don't love when studios start out with like a trilogy right away. I like it when they like make one and, and you know, even two is fine. But then like they branch out and make a couple different games if you know, and obviously this is limited by sales and, and whatnot. But like where they kind of branch out and do some different things and then kind of bring those elements to a third installment yeah, in a series you know they'll make a sequel to their splatoon 2d thing instead <laughs> oh. for the big console <laughs> yeah uh, i mean if they could just give us more of this kind of gameplay even with a fresh world or story it'd be fine yeah that 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 souls like kind of thing even if it's isometric i mean I, sky's the limit for you guys at asset nerve let's see what happens in the meantime you guys want to play a game Dan, hit me with your most brutal orcs while I try to score a touchdown at the other end of the field with my elves or whatever. I would love to play a game. Masterfully done, Jay. Uh, I love it. <laughs> Possibly my strongest to date. Yeah. Uh, that is, of course, Blood Bowl. Yes, yes, thank you. Uh, for those not paying attention. So today's game I have entitled Death and Journalism. Opinions, you guys are like assholes, as they always say everybody's got one and in the internet age it is easier than ever for people to express their opinions about any type of media they want and honestly we're no different i mean even though we were eventually proven right shay and i got some backlash for our takes on stadia you want to talk about that real quick shay i'd love to <laughs> hey baby stadia is shutting down and refunding every single person that's ever bought anything through them so fuck you stadia <laughs> At any rate, we were right. <laughs> rip in peace, rip in peace, rip in peace. Maybe we torpedoed them. Maybe we're the cause. Well, let's hope we never have that much power. But today we're going to be looking at some of the dumbest and silliest examples of video game reviews and journalism. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to drop in the Discord a list of games, and then I'm going to read some descriptions of some controversies or instances surrounding specific games, and you're going to match them up. We're only going to do one round of this, but I'm going to let you guys discuss each one and see which one fits. There is only six of them, so a couple of these are red herrings, but the list is going to a be... A couple? I mean, you know. Uh, we'll, we'll, okay. we'll play with it as we go. <laughs> so, the list of games is Halo 4, Borderlands 2, Assassin's Creed 3, Batman Arkham Knight, Pokemon Omega Red and Alpha Sapphire, Driver 3, Grand Theft Auto San Andreas, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, God of War... Fire Emblem, Three Houses, and Command and Conquer Red Alert. Oh, I'd love to hear the reviews about Command and Conquer Red Alert. You know what? Scratch that one. That was a red herring. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. It's right. fine. All right. So. Fair enough. Our first instance. In 2015, a Kotaku writer wrote a scathing review after one of the characters apparently dies on screen. Spoilers, they weren't actually dead. Although the writer fully admits to not having finished the game, when the article was written, it didn't stop him from tearing the game a new one. So he ended up then posting like an update where he goes, look, look, I know, I know they weren't actually dead, <laughs> but like, I just don't understand why they needed to treat the character this way regardless. So out of the ones that we 
have in front of you, which do you think that might be? And we'll we'll switch them up if you guys determine something might fit something better. But what's your what original gut instinct on this? What do you, what are you feeling, Timmy? Uh, Batman screaming to me for some reason. Yeah, I was thinking that one or Halo. Uh, I don't. What what year did Halo Four come out? Oh God, it probably would have been around fifteen, sixteen. So Halo Four was a console launch title for the PS4. PS4, not PS. Uh, It'd be Xbox. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. What <laughs> What was the Xbox equivalent of the PS4? <laughs> the Xbox One. Yeah. Yeah. So what year did the Xbox One come out? Around that time period. I don't know. Something like that. I think I think Halo Four is too late. For it to be a 2015 review, so I think I'm good with Arkham Knight as our guest there. Was this was this one of the games where where they uh, where they did that though? Well, tentatively, just because I'll make you lock in the answers at the very end of this, we'll put Halo Four okay. and Batman there just as a placeholder, and we'll reconfirm once we hear all the answers or all the. Uh, okay. I um question. I I want to throw Assassin's Creed Three in there. I don't I don't remember the early Assassin's Creed games, so I don't know if like the first three games had the same protagonist, but like that would be a thing that people would be screaming about in Assassin's Creed three if they did that to the protagonist or to a character. So I just I don't I don't I think Assassin's Creed three would be the third choice there, but I would also like to include that one in Okay. There. Sounds good. Alright, moving on. Dubbed at the time Dorito Gate. Game reviewer Jeff Kiley was shown in a video stream surrounded by bottles of Mountain Dew and bags of Doritos, as well as a Pepsi Frito-Lay Brandon standee of the game he was reviewing. This led to heavy speculation that he was being paid off on multiple fronts for a positive review. That's gotta be San Andreas, Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, that screams yeah. Rockstar fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so the standee literally had, like, the main character from the game. So this was in the era of... Um, do xp do you remember when they were doing that where like you oh, could yes. oh yeah buy <laughs> experience in a game by having bought mountain dew or doritos yeah. yeah yeah so what are you thinking so far yeah i i'm pretty confident that that's uh san andreas okay. I, I, yeah i'm right with you if there was a if there was a fucking tony hawk game on this list maybe maybe that but or call of duty i mean literally the other game that i feel more confidently about Doritos and Pepsi. I mean, I I was hard on Halo 4 until I heard Standy, and I know Master Chief doesn't do cross-promotion. <laughs> so GTA yeah. is what we're, we're putting as a placeholder for right now. All right, up next, a review that will live on forever in infamy and stupidity. An IGN writer once wrote that a game had too much water as a reason why she took points away from it, Despite taking place on a series of islands and traversing water being a mainstay of the series. <laughs> um, I haven't played a few of the games on this list, so I'm see. I don't know anything about Driver Three. So wait, was that, uh, Ruby and Sapphire on the island chain in Pokemon? That is that was my that was going to be my guess. It was either that or God of War. Um, by the way, Dan, real quick, this the God of War that you have on this list, that's the... Uh, the, the most recent like one. The yeah. Norse yep. one, right? Okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm good with uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire being our answer for that one. Okay. Too much water. Too much water. <laughs> what a fucking dumbass thing to yeah. say. Um, I, I want to keep God of War in there also. Okay. All right, up next. 
This game installment was review bombed online for being a console exclusive, despite the fact that the series has only ever been a console exclusive. Oh boy, there's a couple of those on this on this list. Yeah, this was notable just because it had never happened in the in the history of the series before this, uh-huh. and like just seemed to come out of nowhere. Like it's only ever. I mean, I'll tell you now because there's only a couple of console exclusives on here. It is a Nintendo game. It's got to be Smash. The only right? two on here that don't even have PC ports are Smash and Fire Emblem. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I forgot about Fire Emblem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> what do you think? What do you think, Timmy? Too much Smash water? Or three houses? Too much water. Yeah, there's too much water in this question also. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I, I think what a, what a dumbass thing to say about a game. This take away points, and like you can have the opinion that there's too much fucking water in a game, but to take away points from your like sanctioned like professional review because there's too much goddamn water. IGN, in the game, baby. Like I'm losing I, my mind. And wait, wait, didn't IGN rate Wind Waker like a nine out of ten? Oh my god. I oh man, IGN. I just I like, hate IGN. I just don't understand how so they have much. credibility anymore. Like they are so so clearly bought off on reviews. That's why it is we made this astounding. Today. I I mean I'm feeling Smash. I don't know about yeah. It. I I feel like it has to be Smash because right after not right after but like shortly after Smash came out, all of these like uh, like IP fighter clones came out for different consoles you know what i mean like yeah um, of a varying quality versus or whatever the fuck yeah yeah games like that though did you know there's an like... indie game hero one yeah of course there is that tracks oh yeah i i think i think i'm okay with ultimate being uh being the answer for this right, one that's our placeholder right for the moment up next after dlc was announced at a game awards show presentation game journalist Gita jackson rushed to buy the game digitally discovering later that she bought the wrong game entirely the two games just happen to share some characters and a parent company. She then basically mapped out the entire thing on both her Twitter and a accompanying article about how it wasn't really her fault. Oh, fuck. I feel like I remember seeing something about this one. Uh, make could be a Halo game. Should I read the last one and then we'll piece everything together? Uh, yeah, do yeah, that. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. And your final one is, despite being released in a basically incomplete state and nowhere near as polished or fleshed out as other games at the time that were similar, two outlets, Xbox World and PSM, gave this game glowing reviews. And it turned out that the parent company was buying positive reviews, not just from these two outlets, but from anonymous reviewers online to boost the scores for this. They needed to sell 4 million copies of this game to break even, and they only sold roughly 750,000. Oof. That sounds like yep. Driver 3. Yeah, that was going to be my guess too. Okay, so just real quick, Dan, can you recap the scandals and our placeholders? Yeah, so how dare you kill this person? Right now you have Halo 4, Batman, and Assassin's Creed 3. Dorito Gate, you have GTA. Uh, yeah, that was, that's a lock. <laughs> Too Much Water. I think you have <laughs> Sapphire and Ruby. Uh, I feel okay with that. Yeah. Console same. exclusive, you have Ultimate, uh, Smash Brothers Ultimate. DLC being announced and buying the wrong game. We don't have one yet. And buying positive reviews to 
try to overshadow other similar games at the time you guys just said driver three i feel i i feel good about that one too we're positive on our finals now that we've had some discussion that we'll have edited out by this point so the kotaka writer that wrote a scathing review because a character died what are we going with batman arc of night yep dorito gate where jeff Kiley was clearly paid by mountain dew doritos and the game in question for a positive review that's grand theft auto san andreas all the way yeah no doubt in my mind on that one <laughs> two until we lose that point <laughs> yeah <laughs> when it's when it's fucking driver three <laughs> yeah all right too much water uh we're going with pokemon omega ruby and alpha sapphire all right review bombing for being console exclusive despite the fact that it was always console exclusive uh we said fire emblem fire emblem three yeah, houses fire emblem three houses yeah okay and inadvertently buying the wrong game after a dlc announcement super smash bros ultimate yeah we're on smash on that one all right and buying positive reviews from two well-known magazine outlets as well as anonymously through just online reviews was driver three all right so we're gonna go through these one by one yes you are correct kotaku writer freaked out after oracle slash barbara gordon was seemingly shot during a hallucination sequence, posted the review, and then had to say, like, look, I knew she wasn't dead the whole time. Like, another guy in the office said she wasn't, but I just thought it was really stupid. The irony in all of this is that particular writer went on to actually write some Batman comics after all of this. So, really? Yeah. (laughs) Good for him, I guess. That's failing upwards. Right? Uh, the writer in, quest- in, in question, sorry, is uh, Evan Narcisse, I believe is what his name is, or how that's pronounced. Yeah. So, um, yeah, falling upwards. You're, you're dead right on that. All right. Up next, <laughs> Dorito Gate. I'm going to drop this picture in the Discord. Was Halo what? 4. What? damn it. Yep. No, that's beneath you, Master Chief. I feel like I've worked at... Uh, big box retailer when this happened i should have fucking known this yeah so dxp was available for unlockable stuff in Uh. halo 4 so unfortunately you guys did not get that one right but too much water you guys are dead on (laughs) yeah ign this particular writer had too much of a problem with the fact that you had to surf from island to island in ruby and sapphire omega red and ruby uh, and alpha sapphire pokemon so that's a point there fucking so i'm losing my mind over this (laughs) (laughs) too much water (laughs) yeah uh you guys are also correct on fire emblem three houses for some reason this game was absolutely review bombed on metacritic by users saying that fire emblem should not be a console exclusive despite that fire emblem has always been a nintendo property and only appears on nintendo platforms Right, and if you've ever fucking noticed Nintendo, very reluctant to share their things. Yep. So, Gita Jackson accidentally purchased Mario Party instead of Super Smash Bros. Ultimate after Joker was announced as DLC. Wait, during what? The Game Joker's Awards. not in Mario Party. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> so, the whole article is amazing. The whole journey this woman took. I, I have a question real quick. Did yeah. Gita Jackson also write the review for Pokemon Omega Ruby and Alpha she Sapphire? She did not. She works for Kotaku, but... Like, what what fucking dumbass world do you live in where you think a Persona 5 character is in 
Mario Party. Well, more so you, it was just and then it was a Mario Party. When you're trying to buy Smash Brothers, <laughs> like how did you fuck that up that badly? I don't I mean, think it was Joker specifically. It's just what's that game with all the Mario characters in it? Oh right, must be Super <laughs> Mario Party. And but bought they that specifically instead. mentioned the DLC. Yeah, of Joker. Yeah, and oh something just misfired. And yes, you guys are also correct about Drivergate, where Atari <laughs> was implicated in paying a ton of money to try to get reviews up for a game that was basically broken at launch. And this was in a time where like you didn't have patches and stuff like that. So the really odd high scores from both Xbox World and PlayStation Magazine 2 seem to be a little bit fishy. And then, yes, they hired a PR firm to anonymously post positive reviews all over the internet at the time. You guys are correct. So that's five (laughs) points for today. The only one that was wrong was Halo because Master Chief was a shill at one point in his career. So very well done overall, you guys. I'm very proud of you. Five points added to the big board. I'm happy about the points, but I'm still fucking pissed about well, a lot of things in this quiz list, actually. Um, I'm really mad at myself, though, for missing that Halo point. I, I fucking knew that one. That's we both right. we both pictured Doritos and Mountain Dew with San Andreas, though. Yeah, uh, which is yeah. ultimately very funny. All right, so Timmy, where can we find you online? At the moment, not anywhere really. Fixing some problems with the stream, but I'm hoping to be back up by the end of the uh, year. But when I am back up, you can find me on Twitch uh, under username FERC03. Yes, we're looking forward to you getting everything back in order. Really sorry that all that happened to you. It was pretty much right after your last appearance as well that, like, you had to go radio silent for a little bit. Yeah, it is what it is. Computers are expensive. They sure as shit are. But again, thank you so much for being here. Again, Timmy's a a real-life friend. I get to see them very often at both our branded game night and also just karaoke in general, and really means a lot that you would take the time out for us. As far as we go, as always, you can follow us on BNG Pod on both Twitter and Instagram, where we post sales that you should be aware of that we call cheap codes, as well as custom artwork for every episode. If you'd like to share the show, you can do so using our hosting site, which is anchor.fm slash BNG Pod. And you can find us on Twitch at twitch.tv slash BNG Podcast. And if you'd like to send us an email for any reason, you can do so at brokeandgamingpod at gmail.com, where we take game suggestions as well as, you know, if you just want to reach out and say hi. Reviewing a bunch of episodes recently, I found that we got a game suggestion that we just never got around to, so maybe that'll happen in the future. Hey, Shay, what are we playing next time? Next time, Dan, in a Halloween special, we'll be playing a little game called Never Again, so make sure you tune in for that. Both of us have remarked about how we're not great with horror games, so I'm sure this is going to be a fantastic episode. (laughs) But until then, goodbye, absolutely everyone. Goodbye. None of these have been Fire Emblem for sure, I can tell you that. (laughs) I will defer all Fire Emblem judgments to you because I've not played Three Houses. Would you like to phone a friend? (laughs) We have a resident expert. Actually, a couple in your family at this point. Yeah, get Kelsey on the line just to tell us that none of these were Three Houses. But that it does indeed slap ass. (laughs)
this is just an aside, but one day I'd like to get Kelsey on and, and make her give like a rating to three houses. Yeah. Just, just make like force her to really think about those questions for three houses. Yeah. Let's do that. 